0: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, wherever you might be listening today. And welcome to another episode of the V-Auto Podcast Retail Revival Series. I'm Randy Kobat with Cox Automotive, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. The other day, I wanted to get a sense of how independent dealers are faring in the current COVID-19 market conditions. I reached out to a really good friend of mine, Bradley Burnt, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. When the COVID crisis hit and sales essentially stopped, Bradley knew he needed to turn his inventory quickly. He understood that he didn't really know what any particular vehicle might be worth in the current market conditions, so he moved the goalposts.
1: You know, I looked at all aspects and I moved my 45-day supply down to 30 and even into two weeks. Like, even go, can I sell this car in two weeks because I don't know what's going to happen.
0: Bradley's retail sales are up year over year, and he shares a bit about how today's current market uncertainty and volatility moves him to focus more on a single source of truth, the data in the market that's in front of him, a decision that seems to be paying off.
1: The car's worth what the data tells you it's worth. So when I started focusing in on that, and then of course COVID came along, we locked the doors and we started making appointments. And we started making appointments and pricing our cars accordingly to the data. We were able to then enjoy buyers instead of shoppers,
0: I especially liked Bradley's phrase for our current situation with the coronavirus. He calls it the great pause, and he's using it to really rethink how he's doing business.
1: The silver lining through these clouds, Randy, has been really slowing down to speed up. We have put some things in place that are mind-blowing.
0: Thank you all for joining this podcast. Here's my conversation with Bradley. Bradley Burnt, welcome to our V-Auto podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm fantastic, Randy. Thank you for having me this morning.
0: Thank you for joining us today from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Before we get started, full disclosure I've actually bought a car from Bradley, and how it happened is actually an interesting part of his story that we'll get to in a minute. Where I'd like to start, Bradley, is how long ago did we start working together?
1: So I was introduced to V Auto approximately seven years ago when my auto trader rep came in and said, You know what? You're doing all this stuff, and this is instantaneous. So I was really impressed with the product because I, at that point in my life, I was doing everything manually. I was checking MMR. I was looking at NEDA. I was looking at Kelly Blue Book. I was looking at autotradercars.com. And that's the way I was pricing my cars. But as you know, manually, it takes hours. And it's something that you can't do on a weekly basis if you're continuously buying cars or selling cars. So it got to a point I would start out of the gates, but cars would age a lot of cars I'd sell because of the technique I was using. But if I had a car that aged, it would age. And I'm talking age, like like birthdays, because I was convinced I could sell that car. So that was about seven years ago. And about, I would say, about four years ago, I really started listening to my performance manager when, he's, when he was talking about the age units. He's like, you got to get rid of them. And I'd argue with him. And I'd tell him exactly what I'd say. I'd go, you know, I'll make money off this. I don't know when, but I will. And then Russell would stick analytics in my face and Excel sheets and go, this $300 car that you made money on, you actually lost about $9,500. And when you put the data in front of me, I started looking at the data and going, okay, well, this does make sense. And that's when I started listening. So I've been with you, Randy, for about seven years, but I've been all in with you for about three. And it continues to get even more all in, You know, especially during these times of COVID. I've been able to dive even more into it. And really really analyze and really trust the data
0: I know one of the things I really enjoy working with you on is because you do really embrace the data we've been now going through this pandemic 45 days here maybe 60 days in the States what has your business been like here in April versus last year 2019
1: interesting enough When this pandemic came around, we looked at every aspect and I actually had a couple people decide they weren't going to be with us during this pandemic and wanted to stay at home because of the fear. And a lot of people stayed home because of the fear, not only employees, coworkers, and customers as well. So it gave me some time to dive into things. And I immediately got on the phone and started talking to my advisors. And a lot of my advisors are from Cox Automotive. And I said, okay, what are you guys doing? What are we doing? And it really came down to the fact that we need to trust the data. So when I look at my stuff, and I just recently, got on board with profit time, I was not only selling my cars on profit time, but I was buying my cars on profit time. And when we put everything and we combined profit time and V rank and the data, my car started selling like crazy. And not only did my car start selling like crazy, but I was able to trickle, you know, I looked at all aspects and I moved my 45 day supply down to 30 and even into two weeks, like even go, can I sell this car In two weeks because I don't know what's gonna happen and I need to live in the solution I need to stay open and stay focused and through this process of trusting the data paying attention to my V rank paying attention to my profit time we're actually up in the month of April comparatively to last year
0: Wow that's amazing I think one of the things that is a concern and we can get into this in more detail with you because I love the way you're thinking about it is what is a car worth in the market that we're operating in today when we don't really know kind of where retail will settle. From your perspective, how important is F&I to your business, especially in this market?
1: It's interesting you should ask that because you stated a couple of things, Randy, that are interesting. What is a car worth? The car's worth what the data tells you it's worth. So when I started focusing in on that, and then, of course, COVID came along, we locked the doors and we started making appointments. And we started making appointments and pricing our cars accordingly to the data we were able to then enjoy buyers instead of shoppers. And when buyers were here, we were able to spend some time with them because we had the appointment set aside and we have blown up the back end because of the fact people aren't shopping. They want to buy the car because the data shows that it's a great deal and they should buy the car. So when you have a person in front of you that's buying the car, You're doing a disfavor by selling on protection plans. You've got the opportunity to shop the financing and get the best dividend on the back end. It's really fascinating. You know, we've been calling it the great pause. You know, it's like we don't even talk about COVID. We talk about the great pause and what it's done to us to really slow down to speed up. So when you ask about back end, our back end is literally exploded.
0: And that's really one of the things that makes you very unique from an independent dealer perspective is the way you've really been able to dial in on the back end side. How did you approach that and how did you begin to put together offerings for your customers on the back end?
1: Well, when you're in the car business or any business, when you run your business with integrity, efficiency and analytics and you throw data of course, data is analytics. It is a no brainer. I just walked away from a customer inside and left him with my coworker. And he, you know, of course, he's like, what's the best price? I said, well, Todd, you understand that you're here to buy the vehicle. You made the phone call, you drove up, and you know that this is the best price. He's like, absolutely. He goes, but you know, I'm 59 years old and I have to ask that question. My dad would be mad at me if I didn't. Because we make appointments, we are fully prepared when they walk in. So that vehicle is not only in the computer, but we have also embraced digital retail. So when Todd calls up, the customer calls up, I send him a link and say, now go through the link. We've got financing options. We've got protection plans, options. All of the funds we would typically do in front of the customer, we have already had the customer prepared for it. And when they walk in, we're asking questions. Do you have any questions on the protection package? Did you pick a package? So we've already got the car sold and the protection package is sold. And we already know about their financing because they've answered all the questions. Again, that's something that we've never been able to do in the past because we're so busy being what I thought was successful.
0: So that's kind of what I wanted to get into next. And I want to make sure we spend some time on your inventory strategy, but you brought up digital retail and you've really embraced that. And Quite frankly, that's how we first met, even though you were a client of ours. When I bought the car from you, you had a unique piece of inventory that my wife was interested in, and we drove up to Green Bay from Chicago to make that transaction happen. Tell us a little bit about your strategy, right? You're just selling cars in Green Bay, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know, when I was out at NEDA, I introduced myself and people would ask me questions or you know, I'd be like, I'm just a little independent guy in Green Bay. And then they'd find out how much I sell. They're like, you're not little. <laughs> you're, you're not little. And uh, it's interesting because I used to purchase for the buyer. And now I really follow the strategy reports. I follow all of that analytics and and of course it's all data. So like when I'm looking out here, I'm not looking at a 2017 GMC Denali, I'm looking at a pile of cash. You know, what is that cash worth and who wants that cash? What we've done is really, really follow the yellow brick road when it comes to people like yourself and Cox Automotive that say, hey, this is what's going on and this is what's going on today. Here's the data that we've got, and it shows that you're doing this, this, this. You should have more of this, less of that. And because of anything, like any human being, when you're not following the data, you're going to fall into the fact that you are in a situation that you're going to remember the time you won the lottery. You're not going to remember, or let's not say the lottery, but let's say the time you won the jackpot. And they don't remember all the times that you didn't win the jackpot and how much did it cost you to get that jackpot. And it's the same thing. So when you think you make a lot of money on Cadillac SRXs and you look at the data and you're like, I made really good money on a couple of them, but there was a bunch in there that were not winners at all. And then when you trust that, then you're not chasing it because there's times where you have a car that you make a home run on and then you start chasing that car. And that car then becomes a car that ages just because one guy wanted to buy it doesn't mean the whole entire universe does. So when we purchase a car, we look at the strategy, we look at the profit time, we look at the V rank, and I look at how many people are in that area. I used to buy like specialty cars. And specialty cars are great, but specialty cars come with a lot of phone calls and a lot of dreams. I'm looking for buyers and data tells me who is going to buy my car and how long am I going to own it? So the digital marketing, back to that, I know the second I push buy, I've got a buyer on it. It's that easy. And in Albany, New York, lots and lots to Minneapolis and Madison and Milwaukee and Chicago. So it's really fun being able to have that opportunity.
0: So you're getting customers from all over the country now, not just around Green
1: Bay. All over the country. It shocks me that people are buying them from New York. I'm thinking there's Mannheims in Pennsylvania that are massive, like Green Bay, Wisconsin. (laughs) That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you.
0: You're trying to sell down your inventory, though, given the current times, right? Absolutely. Do you have a strategy? Like, what cars are you focusing on first?
1: Our strategy is across the board and just being very, very, very focused in on the V rank and not focusing in on what I have in the car. And what is that car worth? It's what is the data showing what it's worth. And the fact that I don't know what my inventory is going to be worth next week. I don't know. I'm relying on selling the car. And the cool thing about when you price the car to sell, you take a trade in, you get a trade in, at that same price, the elevator doesn't decelerate in like an elevator on the trade-in process. So I've got both things going. So the trade-ins that I'm getting in has been magnificent. And, of course, you add in the back end, it's been a win-win across the board. So, again, back to the fact that I don't know what's going to happen with all these rental cars that are out there. I don't know what's going to happen with all that. We've got We've got big stores closed in Green Bay that are large large stores, you know, 20, 30 storefronts. And you're like, okay, what's going to happen to those inventories? You know, they've been sitting for 90 days. Is it going to drop? Is it going to stay the same? Is it going to raise? You know, we don't know. I've been really, really focused in on sell three, buy one, sell four, buy one. And because of the inventory I have, I'm getting a lot of trade-ins in and the trade-ins are priced, again, to sell. I know that they can't buy that car for any cheaper, so I know that they know the same thing on the trade-in value. If you take it in on trade correctly, life is good.
0: How are you determining the value of that trade-in? I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty right now about wholesale valuations.
1: We look at all common sense. So when you're looking at the data, and you're looking at the profit time, and you're looking at the V-rank, you can't, even if you're off a little bit, you're still on. So when you're taking a car in on trade and say it's $15,000 and they know that they're buying the vehicle, they know it's the best car out there. They know that they can't get this car for any cheaper. They also understand that their trade is going to be in cheaper. You know, it all depends on who the person is. But, you know, if the car comes in, we're adding a $1,000 COVID discount or whatnot. You know, there's all different ways, but it all comes down to common sense.
0: And you mentioned selling three, buying one, selling four, buying one. What kind of price reductions are you putting on those cars right now to get them to move?
1: It really isn't a lot, Randy. When you're looking at everything and you've got all the information in front of you, it's very simple to adjust five places. You can get the V-rank one by sometimes only 200 bucks. Sometimes it's 500 bucks. Sometimes it's a thousand. We have not been adjusting our prices by thousands. We're adjusting our prices according to what's out there. So because the data shows what's out there and I can get ahead of all those people, the person is going to, you know, they're going to search it and search for the cheapest car out there. And boom, there I am. And Vail, Colorado picks up the phone and calls me.
0: Outside of your inventory, are you thinking differently about your operations today, given this great pause, as you called it?
1: Oh my gosh, tremendously, tremendously. We are, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you hear about the, uh, now I say that I've been all in the last uh, four years, but you know, there's certain cars that you just hang on to. Like it is, I don't know if I fall in love with them, Randy, or if it's like, I know that I'll get money out of them or, or who, what, where.
0: There's a buyer out there somewhere.
1: (laughs) Right. There's a buyer out there somewhere. Well, the great pause has caused me to go, you know what? This is what Russell's been telling me for years, for seven years. He's like, you have to tighten that inventory up. You don't know what it's going to be worth next week. You don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. And uh, we have no control over the markets. And boy, it can't be any more black and white having a situation like this.
0: And that's why you've been really focusing in on kind of the rolling 30-day sales.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, I've changed all of my data to be 30 days. But when I'm buying or taking in on trade, I'm looking at two weeks.
0: And just so we're clear, Russell, he's your performance manager with Viano, right? Absolutely. You've mentioned him a couple of times, so I wanna make sure everybody knows who that is. You know, you mentioned this great pause, and I don't think I know a more optimistic person than you. What is kind of the silver lining from your perspective of going through this situation, this experience, from a business perspective today and moving forward?
1: The silver lining, Randy, is the fact that when you're put into a situation like this where you're completely powerless over the government, you're powerless over the stay-at-home, the shelter-in-place, So you have to figure out a solution. You need to see the sunshine through the clouds because there's sunshine. It may not be today because it's raining here today, but there's sunshine through the clouds. And we have to understand that take this opportunity to really dive in to your business. Because I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm very successful doing it, doesn't mean that there isn't some enhancements that I can do. The silver lining through these clouds, Randy, has been really slowing down to speed up. We have put some things in place that are mind-blowing. We're doing more high-fiving around the building because it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we didn't do this sooner. But really, we didn't have time because we were that busy. So now that we have all these scheduling going on and we're able to even schedule ourselves in and have conversations about how we should do this or what do you think about that? Or even in the past, a car would come in and we would look at it and just like, okay, we'll just get it done because it's easier to get it done than it is to bring it back or try to wholesale it or this or that. And now it's like, no, uh uh-uh, it doesn't fit our parameters. It's got to go. To be able to put policies and procedures in on everything from, the fact that it's a non-negotiable. When we have a buyer in a car, the seat, the radio, the climate control, everything's gotta be user-friendly for that person. Can't be on a heavy metal rock station. The, The seat can't be dropped to the ground. All those things have come through where, We've been talking about it, but now we actually have procedures in place. And actually laminated, this is what it is. We've got fun signs around the building. We're moving towards iRecon, so it's like iRecon rocks. You know, different things where we can go, you know, trust the data. Trying to teach an old dog new tricks is one thing. Now try to teach a bunch of dogs new tricks <laughs> is, is another thing. So. I can talk all I want on my uh, soapbox about how incredible this stuff is, but a lot of people still look at you like, okay, he is wacky on the Juju beans here. But then they see the results of what we're doing and how we're doing it. So the silver lining in essence is to be able to slow down, know my product. I mean, look, I've been using Viado for years and because I equate it, Randy to like losing weight. There was a time in my life when I was obese and I lost a lot of weight but I still had 20 pounds to go, but guess what? My life was so much better. I could breathe again, I could, I could enjoy life again, I could ride bikes again, I could do all that stuff, but I still had 20 pounds to go, and that 20 pounds was really, really, really difficult, and it was difficult because it didn't matter. My life was much better than it was when I was heavier. The same thing with tools. You can have all the tools in your toolbox, but if you're not using them all, you might as well just have a hammer and a wrench so we've been able to use every tool every aspect of everything that we have and really know it and study it and go okay what should we do with this like should we be using this trade tool or should we be using that trade tool should we you know write down this? should we have ipads in the office for the digital or should we have laptops we are able to talk about it today because we're giving it priority because one is how do we continue to sell cars before covid we were selling cars It wasn't a priority how to sell cars. We were selling cars because it was just happening. Now, today, you're focused in on how do we continue and how do we sell more cars? And that becomes a focus. You're massively being aggressive on every aspect. The funny thing is, is when you talk about, have you had to discount your cars? Really? Not really. (laughs) Like, really? Not really. You just have to pay attention and not panic. You know, too many people panic and they'll drop them down 10%, 20%. Well, if you've been watching the uh, market retention, it dipped to 90. Then it went to 95. Then it went to 98. And then it's like all over the place. And then, of course, I do my homework and pay attention. I'm going, all right, well, (laughs) well, the cars that I'm trying to buy are not dipping. (laughs) When I get ifs on them and they're not taking the ifs, That means they're really not dipping.
0: And we've seen MMR retention, like you mentioned, come back up to about 99%. Exactly. It's getting back to normal. Now, we can't hang our hat on that yet. We need to see that as a trend. But to your point, it is coming back to normal levels.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, Bradley, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day. I know you actually left a customer in the showroom to come talk to me, and I appreciate that very much. And I can't wait to come up and visit you again this summer. You're a good friend and a great dealer. Thank you very
1: much for your time today. Thank you so much, Randy. Have a fantastic day. Thanks.
0: And my thanks to all of you for listening to today's Dealer Voices Conversation. Please share this podcast with any of your friends that you think could benefit from hearing these insights. Stay tuned for our next podcast episode, and thank you for joining us today. We'll see you very soon.